1: Good afternoon, everybody. It is the Steve Jones Show as we start a new week. Matt here with you. Steve will soon be there from the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia, Routes 11 and 15 in Hummels Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Kia, Hyundai, lots of pre-owned inventory and a great service department and sales staff, a sales staff that's there to help you Make sure that you get the right car that you're looking for at the right price. They're not just there for the sale. And the service department is there for whatever you need for your current vehicle. They get it done. And it's all at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia, Routes 11 and 15 in Humbles Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. Lots of master stuff to get to in a sec, but, but today we also have the return of ESPN's and former Penn Stater himself, John Crispin for what should be an interesting take on more changes that he'd like to see and just talking in general about the future of college basketball. When we had him on last week, or the week before, I should say, during uh, the Final Four time, he had some really, really interesting things to say and changes that he would make. And I actually like all of them, really. So we'll get into a little bit of that more with him. Uh, a little bit later on in the show. But first, a terrific weekend at the Masters. And even though it was a runaway, yesterday in particular was exactly the day that the PGA needed. I said all last week, or Steve and I debated about this all last week, that the PGA needs to move on from Tiger and Phil and sure, all the great stuff they've done for the game, don't get me wrong, I'm not naive, you know, I'm not going to let my, my hatred for Tiger especially, but some to Phil, you know, spoil those thoughts. I, I, I get that. They've done a lot for the game, deservedly so. But they all, I think the PGA needs to get away from some of the negative limelight that those two guys have put the game in. And what Scotty Scheffler did yesterday the domination he did and the domination he's had quietly now uh, until this point. It's not so quiet anymore, but quietly until this weekend, this past weekend, winning now four out of his last six starts. And that includes his first major now with the masters. If he can keep that going and include a couple more majors this year, there is your new person that can fully take over the sport. He proved why yesterday he is the number one, world number one right now in golf. He made lots of big shots yesterday to keep himself at arm's length. Sure, he had an imperfect ending, but you know what? With the way his story is that you learned about as you went through the weekend, especially with how he got there, how young he was when Tiger won his fourth Masters in 05, to how he and his wife met, and you saw those those cute uh, pictures and, and video of them when Scotty won at the end of, of the tournament. That's some. His whole story and his performance, the way he played, is something lots of people can get behind. That's the kind of thing that these stars need to have in the PGA if they're going to be successful and get other big names involved besides the, the two that have been there for so many years and, to me, it's starting to get stale. And again, this is just my opinion. Obviously, the ratings and whatnot say otherwise because... Tiger, of course, dominated the weekend. Oh, I should say the first part of the weekend he dominated. He really didn't dominate the headlines totally the rest of the weekend because as he started to fall off a little bit, obviously had some career worse, no surprises there. But he was more of the story to start things off and a big part of the emotion to start things off. But then Scotty Scheffler really did a nice job in making it all about him, especially as he finished up. And like I said before about the way he finished on the 18th hole missing those two par- missing those two putts I get it it's not ideal but you know what everyone kind of felt him and how excited he was and how nervous he was I guess to finish the hole I think the way the crowd reacted after he missed the second one I, I thought was just tremendous because that showed a human element to him you know I-, I thought that was really good for golf especially the way that the the gallery reacted I, I thought that was cool and then he then he finally finishes up and then he gets the celebration. I, I don't know. I just like that human element that I think he showed in those final two shots. He's always he messed up. He's like, Oh jeez, you know, this is how I'm gonna end it after dominating the whole day. I thought it was funny, to be honest with you. And I think everybody did too, that was all involved. Gallery, the broadcast, there ever the media, everybody. So it was a good day for the PGA yesterday, with Scotty Scheffler alone. But also too, you had he had some other dramatic moments. He had some really good shots. I mean, the way... He got... The way... Um, Roy McElroy finished up. And akawa finished up. I mean, that was... That was fun to see. So, I-, I think overall... It was... A really good day for the PGA yesterday. And a good weekend. Now, next thing... The Open PGA Championship will be very interesting, not only to see how Scotty Scheffler builds off this, but, of course, the Tiger says he's going to play, is already committed to the Open. We'll see what he does for the PGA Championship. So there will be that once again, that nauseating factor once again. But golf, for now, if Scheffler can continue this streak, or at least add another major or two, at the very least, this could be a, a good way for the PGA to pull away from the Tiger factor and finally get oh, away from that. Oh, you just try, come on! Just no, come but I get off. I I, 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 meant, I meant this as a, I mean that in a positive way. Yesterday, Steve was a good day for the PGA. It was a great day for the PGA because now they have something that and a, and a star that can maybe finally take the, the tour no. by storm, and you can move on from Tiger and Phil. That was tremendous what you saw yesterday, even the finish. His story, the human elements you except, saw in that—he's uh, a world number dis- one now.
0: Except I disagree with you. Here's here's the issue. Okay, the issue is as follows: Who topped out at 4.1 million viewers in the middle of the day on ESPN on Friday?
1: I know. I I, I get that's that's always still going to okay. be there. But he really didn't dominate the headlines, though, that on the back half of the weekend. Back half of the weekend, it was all about Scottie Scheffler. But the first half of the weekend, yeah, of course.
0: The headlines are the headlines. He still was the centerpiece of what was going on there. As much to your chagrin, right? And and really, personal hate. There's a little bit of hate there, man. Right? Well, I'm a little worried about you. Uh, I don't <laughs> deny that. <laughs> but it's still I mean I was just listening to a show on Golf Channel driving in Uh, I'm talking about on radio okay on Sirius XM I was listening and what do you think they were talking about Tiger what are the courses that are flattest
1: that allow him to compete Right. I know I get it but I think this is at least the start of something
0: I don't know um, nobody knows who Scotty Scheffler is. Now I mean, you nobody do. Knows who, nobody knows who Cameron Smith. They really don't know. I mean, does how much do they really know? I mean, he just really has burst onto the scene. Uh, uh, it, remember when he was selected for the Ryder Cup? He was a controversial selection. Like, why did they pick him? All right? People were asking that. Why did they pick him? Now we know why. And he, by the way, he more than held his own in the Ryder Cup and did a good job. But he is um, I, I, This has nothing to do with the quality of the player. It has nothing to do with the quality of the player. Part of it has to do with the with the personalities involved. Look at tennis, for example. Let's take tennis. John McEnroe was still talked about today because John McEnroe not only won, but John McEnroe was a personality. Jimmy Connors is still talked about today because Jimmy Connors not only won, but Jimmy Connors was a personality. Now, are they as good as Novak Djokovic or Roger Federer or Rafa Nadal? Look, they all have more major – Pete Sampras. They all have more major championships than McEnroe or Jimmy Connors combined. But as personalities, and you cannot you look, and you cannot be anybody except yourself. Okay, right? You 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 have to be yourself. So this is not a knock at all on Djokovic. You know, on Djokovic, on Nadal, on Sampras or Feder. They are who they are as people, but they're not quote dynamic personalities. McEnroe and Connors had legendary dynamic personalities that drew viewers to the sport. They're not anywhere near the viewers to the sport of tennis today as it were back then. You don't have... You have a lot of really good guys and great players. I mean, there's the depth of really good players on the PGA Tour is more than ever, but you don't have... The a dynamic personality in there, Phil. Phil can be a dynamic and at times polarizing personality. By the way, is awesome with the fans. He signs everything. All right, that's why he's so popular with the fans. All right, Tiger is dynamic. Fist pumps, big moments, memorable moments. it has nothing to do with how great the player happens to be. The quality of the player is outstanding right now, but there's not a dynamic personality out there. Nor would I tell anybody to change their personality to be dynamic. There's only—I mean, look at look at in what we do. There's only one suit. S U I T. That spells suit.
2: <sighs> Thank
0: God. All right, <laughs> but you see what I'm saying, Matt?
1: No, I do, and and, and I even uh, said too. Again, Scheffler also needs to keep this up. If he falls off, then then all, then this weekend well, goes all for naught. It's
0: hard. It's hard to win, Matt. It's hard to win. I've tried to convey that a million times on this show. We have lost our appreciation of how difficult it is to win. We make it seem like it's the easiest thing in the face of the earth. Oh, it's easy to hit a home run. I just watched Sports Center. I saw 20 of them. Really? That's what that's called highlights. We can't, we can't make this stuff seem like it's so easy to do you got to beat out. You not only have to play well on the course that week, you've got to beat out 160 other people. And somebody might just play better than you. Look at Rory McIlroy. He's a great player. He's not a good player. He's a great player. But, you know, he hasn't been able to win at Augusta National. Yesterday he put on, he played the best round of anybody yesterday, put on a brilliant Closing round charge, but he was too far behind because you know, because of what he did the other three days. And you just don't know when it's your day and not your day. And you get into slumps, or you played great and somebody just beat you. I mean, why a Yang, for example, in the PGA championship, beat Tiger Woods? Because Y.E. Yang, for whatever reason, played better. Head-to-head, no less. You just don't know. It's the ability. See, the difference in ratings is that the ability to attract the casual fan. And right now, Tiger Woods is the guy that attracts the casual fan to say, hey, how's he doing? What's he doing? Tiger's playing. What's he doing? Right. Because many people want him to succeed, okay? You're watching to see if it's if it's the bus scene and the fugitive. And the difference is you're hoping. Get the lingerie on the deck. Call the janitor. You don't like him. We get it. You don't like him. I got it. I mean, you're all for guys that play in 63% of their games and won $500 million. I got it. (laughs) Right? Misses 37% of the games, and you think he should get $600 million. (laughs) One
1: Aaron Judge, yeah.
0: Hey, sorry, I didn't mean to hit you with the facts. He's only played in 63% of the games the last four years. I mean, he's out to a great start, but does he play in a month? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, the Yankees are frustrated as heck, looking around saying, yo, whoa, what are you talking about? What? You want more than that? You want Mike Trout money? Really? He's 30 years old, too. That's the other issue. He's 30 years old. And we know how analytics feels about anybody that's 33 or older. If this contract's leaking into that area, I don't know how you can justify giving him that kind of money. We'll talk about that later. We got Bob Nightingale on the show today. We got Cam Rogers on the show today. More Matt Vitriol toward Tiger Woods. Yeah, most likely. Saw the picture of your little guy, by the way, adorable. Why,
1: thank you. Yeah, ten months boy, now. What
0: does, does he look just like Luke? My goodness, look, I mean, he's a spitting image of Luke. Wow, unreal. That's great. Glad the boys are doing so well, despite being in a in a home where his love for mom. <laughs> Why is Daddy always so mad? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. He's <laughs> so bitter. Is it the show? No, Daddy loves the show. <laughs> See, this is what Lisa's hoping. Lisa just had a birthday, right? She did. Oh, happy birthday to Lisa! Matter of fact, it, you know, be the positive centerpiece of that home. I'm sure she appreciates me in some ways. I let you, like, let you, you know, blow off some steam on the show. There is no doubt about that. Hey, I know we got to talk about Gary Brown here at some point. Um, We'll get to Cam Rogers next half hour, but I want to start with Gary Brown, Williamsport's own. Oh, man, did I like Gary Brown. If you didn't like Gary Brown, you didn't like people. He just was a great guy. Only 52 years old. Oh my goodness. All right. Talk about that in a moment here on News Radio 1070 WKOK, brought to you by Purdy Insurance.
1: In an ever changing world, one thing you can always count on is the service at Purdy Insurance. Hi, this is Season. While the world is constantly changing, Purdy Insurance is dedicated to providing you with the highest level of service to protect you, your family, and your business. Give us a call today at 570-286-5855. Go to our website at purdyinsurance.com or check us out on Facebook to see what Purdy Insurance can do for you.
0: Taking your calls at 800 795 9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. All right, today's show brought to you by Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. Auto, home, life, business, boat, motorcycle, whatever your insurance needs, they'll take care of it for you. And also get you the best price, save you some money. Everybody is interested in saving money these days. And Purdy Insurance will do that while updating your policy and making sure that you are covered. All at Purdy Insurance, market-free and summary, go to purdyinsurance.com. Before we get to Cam Rogers on the Masters, then we'll get to Bob Nightingale. We'll get into Aaron Judge just trying to fleece the Yankees, um, and it's a total
1: fleecing. I mean, would you agree, Matt? Actually, no, but we can uh, save yeah, that debate I'm, for later.
0: I'm, I'm, so, if you show up for work 63 percent of the time, as 37 percent of the days of work, you're not
1: <laughs> fleecing the company. <laughs> well, you put it like that.
0: The four-year trend. That's four years. I didn't take a year; it took four years, and he's thirty. Okay. I I get it. I I just well, it's think not it's not a question yeah. of getting it. It's a fact. I know. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a question. It's a fact. He's thirty, and he's missed thirty-seven percent of his games the last four years. You're just waiting for the next time he goes on the DL. I'm just telling you. Know, and the the problem is, he is the face of the team.
1: And that's why I still think the Yankees have to go against analytics for once and just get it done. I think this is the lone exception, but that's just in the,
0: me. In the prime of his career, he has missed 37% of his games.
1: I know. In but, the prime of his career. But he's still and the face of it, the franchise. That's all, that's all is, I need to know. He's still the face is of the Ken, franchise.
0: But this isn't Ken Griffey going into walls and getting hurt.
1: He's getting hurt on swings. I know. I'm just saying. This, the, it, if this was any other player, I would be. I would fully agree. But he's the face of the franchise. It, and You have to do it. You
0: know, he is now because they dealt Urscheller away.
1: All right. Um. So <laughs> he wasn't gonna be the face of the franchise. Come on now. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, get on with the show. He was just—he was like the Gary Sanchez of third base. let's be real here.
0: Oh, you're just so negative. I mean, I realize it's been—it's <laughs> been over a decade since you won anything. I got it. Okay, I got it. It's been a while. I got it. Right, oh, man. But you know what? You know, I could see with—I mean—all those World Series home runs that Judge has hit. Oh, wait, there haven't been any. Oh, I get, you have to get there, don't you? Correct. So he hasn't been good enough to get him there? Maybe if he played all the games, he'd think he could. And he said, when he plays, he's a heck of a player. But that's the key. It's when he plays. It's when he plays. He's a heck of a player. We'll talk to Bob Nightingale next half hour about that. All right. Gary Brown, 52. I was doing high school football in the uh, 80s, and State College would play Williams Sport. Oh, my goodness. What a ball player. Electric. And he comes to Penn State. In the 135 season history of Penn State football, there are only 45 men that have gained over 1,000 yards in their career. Gary's one of them. I believe he's 34th on the all-time list, but you can look that up. Had a couple hundred-yard rushing games in his career, an 80-yard touchdown run in his career, 90-yard kickoff return against Texas on opening day in his career. Took out of the five, was tackled the other five. Switched to defensive back senior year and made the signature play of the, uh, or no, it was, actually it was his junior year made the signature play of the Holiday Bowl in a wild and crazy Holiday Bowl. So under a minute to play, like 45, 50 seconds to go in the game, something like that. Ty Demmer went back to pass. He just took the ball right off his hands and ran for a touchdown. Got the end zone, put the ball down in the end zone. Didn't spike it. Just put the ball down and then celebrated with the fans. Gary Brown was a fun guy. Great guy to be around. Then he went to the NFL. He played, and people don't realize, Gary played nine years in the NFL. Nine years. He had two 1,000-yard rushing seasons. One with the Houston Oilers, who are now the Tennessee Titans for the uninitiated, and one with the New York Giants. And then, you know, he got out, kind of had to figure out what he wanted to do, and he got into the coaching. And wow, was he respected. I mean, he did. The Cowboys, that's where he really made his greatest mark as a coach. They loved him. And then, then he went to Wisconsin, and I had mentioned in the broadcast this year that Gary was their running backs coach. And I knew something was up about a month ago when they announced that Luke Johnson had become their running backs coach and Gary was reassigned in football. I thought, something's not right. Gary's too well regarded as a coach. Something must be wrong. And then you make a couple phone calls, and you find out he's back up on Williamsport in hospice. I'm like, oh. Fifty-two, Far, far too young. Great guy. Nothing but great things to say about Gary Brown. Oh, on and off the field. And then another friend of mine, Jim Turpin, who'd been the voice of Illinois football and basketball for 40 years. He finally he retired in 2002. He passed away yesterday. He was 90. A little bit different in terms of Gary Brown at 52 and Jim at 90. But Jim was a great broadcaster, an absolute gentleman, such a nice man. Boy, did I like Jim. And, I, you know, I joined Jim on his Saturday show once in a while as a guest, you know, even after he retires as the voice at Illinois. He was just, in fact, I was there the other day they honored the, him, the game they honored him was the Penn State game. And I told him, I said how special it was that we could be there for because I just liked Jim that much. Again, somebody you wouldn't know. And, of course, the Dwayne Haskins thing is just beyond so sad. You know, for people that will say that, you know, they, they think when it comes to per- personalities, that I take, and this is not a political word, it's just a word-word, a conservative approach. And I have always had the the idea that there are eight billion people in the world, and sixteen hundred of them, seventeen hundred of them play football, and six hundred of them play professional basketball in the NBA. Hockey's got about 600, 700 out of eight billion people in the world. Golf has a hundred and what sixty have their tour card. Hundred and sixty is out of eight billion. And I've always told everybody, and I've told my class to remember this. I said, couple things. Number one. Um, Ex-athlete doesn't stink. They're just not as good as that guy. Because in 8 billion people in the world, there are 1,700 playing in the NFL. Okay, There's 900 Major League Baseball players. You don't stink. You're just not as good as that guy. And ex-golfer doesn't stink. Is not as good as that guy. And nobody on the planet, in my, in my estimation, and there are some people who have done some bad things when they, by the time they get to 25, but there's nobody out there. You're not a bust at the age of 24 or 25. He's a bust. No, nobody's a bust at that age. Come on. you got a full life in front of you a lot of observations from 30,000 feet where everybody seems to know everything from 30,000 feet. And then something like Dwayne Haskins happens and everybody looks around and says, well, maybe I shouldn't have written all that stuff I wrote about him. Maybe I shouldn't have said all that stuff about him. Why don't you do that ahead of time? Just be a little more cautious. Like, it's okay to evaluate somebody's performance. You don't think they played well, you you know, there's certain things that you watch, you observe you didn't like, but don't get into it. He's not smart enough. He's not this, he's not. That. How do you know? You're in the practices, you're in the meetings, you have no idea. You gotta be careful about such stuff. Life's precious. It's too short. And by the way, it's gonna take sixty to ninety days for us to find out what what the highway patrol has come up with as to their accident reconstruction as to how it happened. Because right now, there's a lot of mystery as to what happened. And it's going to take them 60 to 90 days before it's released. Guy threw 50 touchdown passes one year at Ohio State. Ended up being a first-round pick. It didn't go well in Washington. He was trying to get himself back on track with Pittsburgh, as we said a couple times when he was in Pittsburgh. He said, look, this guy is betting on himself, betting on his talent, trying to get himself back into it. But, yeah, that's hard, very hard. All right. I know we have to get to Cam Rogers. Cam, great to have you with us. Welcome.
2: It's great to be with you, as always. A little bit dejected the Monday after the Masters, but that's okay. You know, it was a fun event.
0: The weather played a huge role in the event, too. I, I don't think it was, to me, Cam, it was any surprise to see Rory McIlroy do what he did yesterday because the weather finally conformed to what his game does.
2: Yeah, this is the classic Rory McIlroy pattern, right? Kind of stuck in neutral in the first two rounds of a major championship and then makes the cut and then just burst onto the scene on the weekend. Scores a 71-64 yesterday, as you alluded to. Yesterday was easily the best day for scoring conditions and Rory McIlroy took advantage going under par finishing second alone but really was never really in contention three behind Scotty Scheffler factoring in that four putt of course on 18 for <laughs> yeah, Scotty. so it's a little bit bizarre. closer than uh, yeah what it really uh a little bit farther apart than what the scores indicate right now 10 and 7 here if you're looking at the leaderboard so yeah you know this is classic Roy McIlroy and I don't know what exactly the solution is I mean I think it might be something in between the ears where he's putting too much pressure on himself especially at the Masters trying to complete that career grand slam I'm not exactly sure what it is but he's got to figure it out because you know, these top tens and these top threes without really ever being in contention, have to be pretty frustrating. But, you know, as far as the game is concerned, I don't think there's any concerns at all. Yesterday was very conducive of what we usually see uh, from Rory McElroy at major championships, and he'll be a threat at the PGA next month at Southern Hills, I think.
0: Yeah. All right. So when Scottie Scheffler, who's been on a roll, is 25, it's so difficult to win one time. What kind of mental toughness did he show over the four days?
2: Boy, a lot. Certainly a lot. I mean, we're talking about eight weeks ago, he had zero wins in 70 PGA Tour starts, and today he's got four wins in 76 PGA Tour starts, $17.6 million in career earnings and a Masters champion. I mean, it's easy to get a little complacent after you win three times in five events. Totally understandable if you fell back to earth a little bit this week at the Masters and allowed somebody else to win for once. But, you know, he kept the pedal to the metal, if you will, and really showed how unflappable he is. He's such a grinder. He knows how to deal with really difficult course conditions. We saw that three times last year at three of the four major championships where he finished inside the top 10. So we sort of saw this coming, his ability to show up in the big events and he put it on fine display this past week at the masters. I mean, nobody was ever really close to him on the weekend. I'll be honest. It was a bit of a snooze fest yesterday because I prefer a lot of challengers on the back nine at Augusta, not necessarily one guy fully ahead. Right. So, you know, that was unfortunate, but as far as Scotty Scheffler was concerned, I mean, this is a guy who's probably going to win multiple major championships, maybe multiple green jackets just because of the game that he has.
0: Uh also there's another element to this as well. They change subtly over time the Masters uh, the Augusta National Golf Club has changed some of the holes. They'll probably do a little bit every year. Uh they lengthened 11, they lengthened 15. They changed for example uh, around the 11th green Uh, the swale leading up to it. How do you think those holes played a role in some of the other scoring that we saw out there?
2: Yeah, you know, difficult scoring here this week, and certainly the weather was a factor, but as you mentioned, the course renovations, if you will, number 15 did not yield an eagle for the first time since like 1969. So that's all you need to know where you're just seeing these changes that are certainly having an effect on the scoring conditions at Augusta National and certainly was a factor here this week. Par five scoring is so critical at that tournament to actually be at the top of the leaderboard because you know these par fours are super long and you're going to have to hold on a little bit and just save par or maybe make a bogey or two if you have to and then really take advantage there of those par five. So, yeah, I think the changes to the golf course certainly – led to some changes in the scoring for sure.
0: Tiger Woods made it through all four rounds. How would you assess his weekend?
2: Man, it was great to see him out there. Honestly, I just took it all in and I tell all my listeners this on my show, Lock It In with Cam Rogers, that every time Tiger Woods tees it up, you drink it in because who knows how many times we're really going to see him this year. If I had to guess, three or four times maximum the rest of the year in terms of playing on the PGA Tour. So just the sheer fact that he completed 72 holes of major championship golf, 14 months removed from such a bad car accident, is nothing short of remarkable. Was he gimpy? Was he limpy? Yeah, sure, but that's to be expected. You know, he was really gutting it out there, especially in the final two rounds, a couple of 78. So obviously, in terms of scoring, it's not what he wanted. But just the sheer fact that he completed this tournament and beat out the likes of Brooks Kepka, Jordan Spieth, Xander Shockley, Is pretty amazing to me, and I think this is a really important launch pad for him the rest of the PGA Tour season. Right now, he's non-committal about the PGA next month and the U.S. Open in June. He's going to tee it up at St. Andrews in July for the Open Championship, but other than that, everything is sort of up in the air. Mm. The big test now is how is his body responding today after 72 holes of Masters Tournament golf?
0: Well, Southern Hills and the Country Club are both relatively flat. Uh, mm-hmm. Relatively, so we'll see how he feels about that. It was an interesting master. We know uh, we know Scheffler is ranked number one in the world. He is the first guy since Ian Woosnam to ascend to number one and have his first tournament be
2: mm-hmm.
0: right uh, the Masters and win it. <laughs> okay, so he uh, so he joins Ian Woosnam in the, in that regard. Uh, but there were there weren't a lot of quote big names on the board. Um, was, does it say anything about the current state of golf, or is it just the way the weekend played?
2: You know, I think the fact that Scotty Scheffler was so far ahead and nobody except for Cam Smith was really in contention with him it's easy for us to sort of just forget about the rest of the top ten. But, I mean, I think there's some pretty good star power powers year. Shane Lowry was a guy I was really on this week, and yeah. he finished T3. It's all relative, though. I mean, fifth place, Colin Morikawa is six shots back, right? Will zellatoris Corey Connors, Justin Thomas actually bounced back nicely after a first round of 76. I mean, these are some talented guys. Corey Connors has been in the top ten. In three consecutive years, Will Zelotoros was runner-up last year and now has a T-6 to his resume at the Masters in his two starts. So, you know, I think it was a leaderboard that I was fairly satisfied with, except for the fact that Scotty was so far ahead. We talked about Rory McIlroy. I think Cam Smith is on quite a bit of a heater himself, coming off a player's championship and not taking a step back at all, you know, finishing inside the top three. So, you know obviously selfishly would want Tiger Woods to be in the conversation on Sunday afternoon and you know Jordan Spieth is always fun to watch but you know I think you know it's a pretty decent leaderboard here
0: All right, it's interesting how 12 the shortest hole in the golf course plays such an incredible role we can go through the long Mm -hmm. list of people who have had either an incredible moment or a disaster there the second he hit the ball I said uh oh that's in the creek, you could just tell it sounded clunky. You could tell right away it wasn't right. Uh, Tell us about the magic of the design of that hole, the way Alistair McKenzie and Bob Jones put it together, because it has not changed over the years.
2: Yeah, it really is a test where the leaderboard can change in a matter of moments, as we saw with Cam Smith. Yesterday as we saw with Jordan Spieth back in 2016, there's something about that hole because the green is fairly thin so you have to be like super precise with your iron shot and typically, you know, that's a hole that will lend itself to have a lot of wind being factored in as well and if you're just marginally off you're either in the bunker or you're short and you're hitting a false front and your ball is coming back into the water. The margins for error are just so thin, but there's also opportunity to really throw an absolute dart if you hit it close to the hole and it can stick pretty good too. I mean, we've seen that before at the Masters. So it really is that ultimate high wide spectrum kind of golf hole where you can see a triple bogey or you can see an absolute dart in a kick in birdie if you will so you know it's really an exciting hole it's obviously very aesthetically pleasing when you look at it from the tee box it's just got a great view to it and that's why they call it you know amen corner that's why there's a name for it because really anything can happen there at 11 12 and 13 so yeah it is a very critical hole especially on a sunday at the master's
0: All right, Cam, appreciate it very much. Great to have you on the show today, and great to talk. We'll talk again before uh, the PGA at Southern Hills next month. Next half hour, Bob Nightingale will talk about how uh, Aaron Judge is just fleecing the Yankees totally. It's the total fleece job, completely. I'm watching the ninth inning last night. I had a chance the Tide struck out. Really? You want to give $250 million to that guy? Struck out.
1: Against Jake Diekman. really? Did you watch that? Yeah, but there were other opportunities too. In I mean, the game. I'm just
0: saying. I'm just saying. I mean, is it a fact? Yeah, I mean, it's, is it that is a problem? fact. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's like you want to give 500 billion dollars to that guy? All right, so we'll come. Back. <laughs> He's a scary hitter. We'll come back with more in a moment here on News Radio 1070 WKOK.
2: your oil change, tire alignments, brakes, and inspections. Quick Lane 630 to 6 Monday through Friday. Saturday, 630 till 2. Sunbury Motors, Ford and Hyundai, North Fourth Street, Sunbury. And Sunbury Motors Kia, routes eleven and fifteen in Hummels Wharf. We take the mm-hmm. out of auto repair.